Welcome back to another episode of Modern Multifamily. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and today was a really special conversation for me. It's the first time on the show where I've had a guest host on to host an actual episode. Today, you're gonna hear from Timothy Rodman, who's the growth marketing manager at Rent Dynamics, where he hosts a conversation with Darone Rothstein, who's a property manager with Sun Gardens. This episode is chocked full of insight, and one of my favorite parts of this show was where Darone talks about the heart and passion he has for helping prospects find their next home. There were lots of learnings in this one. It was really fun. Let's get into it. We are pleased to be joined by Darone, property manager of Sun Garden Living out in Las Vegas, Nevada. As we continue into our leasing season guide promotion, we're so happy to have Darone on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Darone was actually the first that I connected with to get scheduled on an interview. And I'm, I'm really excited to finally sit down and get a chance to talk with you. So I was going to say, we can start with kind of like a easy one and work into the conversation here. But uh, tell me a bit about what a property manager with Sun Garden Living in Las Vegas has meant to you and what, what that looks like. Sun Garden is uh, very new to me and the fact that it's a community of focuses on low income tenants. We provide a kind of service that's unique in the city being that we uh, assist people who, I guess in a sense, it's more like second housing, second chance housing. We assist people that struggle getting apartments in other places because of criteria, meeting those criteria and the challenges that come with that. So we have, we have a lower standard, we'll say for meeting criteria, lower credit scores, lower income brackets, And it's the type of service that's unique and much, very much needed, especially in a city like Las Vegas, being that everybody needs a home and it's not easy. And it's good to have something that focuses on a specialty, like low income to help those people out. Yeah. And that's great. I think this will be one of the ones we we know that that's, that's a huge, you know, I don't even want to say market, but just a huge need overall in the country, especially with the hardships and stuff like that. So (laughs) I imagine that presents a unique case in itself where you're really not in the way you're messaging or getting the word out there about your community. It's not so much, I'm trying to, to picture, maybe maybe you could help me understand, but would you say in preparation of leasing season, are your residents finding your property or do you feel you have to do a, a substantial amount of outreach to make sure? That's a fantastic question. And, and my best answer to actually better understand how that works is uh, from my experience, I learned that in a healthy market, unlike right now where it's really offset to one end completely, meaning it's a, an entirely landlord's market right now. They're in full control. It's kind of sad, but it's true. And making it very difficult for the other end of the party to get, what it, to get what it is that they want and need. And under better circumstances right now, it's so hard to rent, let alone find something to rent. But in a healthy market, I learned that, yeah, advertising is absolutely necessary and a must. Uh, However, in a market like this, I've learned that the inventory being that it's so low, people will just find us anywhere, anyhow. We don't really have to invest much time or money into reaching out to people to get applicants. They just naturally find us. The options are so little out there that they just come this way automatically, easily. That's awesome. And you had mentioned that kind of, I mean, we're seeing that throughout the industry trend. I'm working in, in data all the time. We're meeting with, with site teams just like yourself and 
you know, just with the the pandemic putting a shift, it seems on rental properties and higher occupancy rates. And it seemed quickly the narrative, if ever, was a searching for leads or like mining for leads to now managing the influx of overflow. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you can talk to the experiences there, you know, ever a time that you have to turn folks away? Like, is there is there an open occupancy rate at Sun Gardens wow. right now? Yeah. So uh, about that, but here's how it used to be. Everywhere you went, the normal way of handling things and in, in dealing with applicants is really just on a first come, first serve basis. Uh, first one to apply, should they get approved, they move forward. You don't run any other applicants until you at least deny the one that you have on the table. It's so competitive right now. The landlords are in such control of the market that it shifted to a point where nobody's doing the whole first come first serve policy thing. They're just accepting multiple applications and they're having them all compete against each other. And the landlord just has the luxury of picking the one they prefer the most, making it so competitive and difficult just to find a home, even bringing it to the degree where just like buying a house, you have to submit an offer and hopefully get it approved or negotiating the process until then. The rental market has become very much that way. Not only have I learned that it's harder to rent than it is to buy right now, but also being that it's so competitive, applicants should really consider themselves as someone who needs to offer, to provide a given offer rather than give an ap- application. And, and on that offer, quote unquote, see what they can do to stand out above the rest. For example, maybe just off the bat show, though they have good credit, they're willing to put a three-time security deposit or they're willing to pay several months in advance. These are the tactics that a lot of agents are having to instruct their clients to take in order to, again, stand out above the rest and get their application approved. It's very competitive and creativity has become an absolute must in this market. And it's, it's the agent's responsibility to know how to be creative and what to do to help people out right now. That is such a unique you know, perspective. And currently in, in my situation, we're, we're currently looking to, to purchase another home. And you're, you're absolutely correct in that if a, a pre-built or something already has existing offers on the table, like that to me has always been known for like homes, like physical houses. It's, it's so unique to hear that's transitioning into kind of the, uh, you know, that house. I even had a situation where I had asked and, and recommended to a client to, as part of their offer. Again, I quote, quote unquote, call it an offer. It's really, you know, it's an application to offer paying more rent than the asking price. Man. And that's what got them approved too, because really it was between them and another. All the others got denied. It was just two solid applicants. It was hard to choose. And the one that decided to offer more rent got approved. It works. That's crazy. It's that that out out of the box thinking, being creative, like you said, like however that looks. If it's, you know, I'm thinking back to buying, you know, the first family home we bought and and writing a letter to the owners just saying, Hey, we're a young couple, we're we're up and starting, like we're looking to get off our feet. We think what you built, like, like kind of play into the emotional side. Like, yeah, it is an emotional roller coaster, that type of experience. Yeah. And the creativity, it's so necessary that I got to put it out there to the listeners. Yeah. For those that are looking to find a rental, I just highly advise using an agent. The struggles with getting an agent, hiring an agent, is the the fact of the matter is is that real estate agents are not really paid much to 
assist clients in finding rental properties. It's also so being that it's so difficult right now to get approved or find anything, agents are working extra hard for their clients to get them into a rental property. And because of all these factors in place, the money is just not there. And therefore, clients, applicants, people looking to rent are having a very difficult time finding an agent that's willing to dedicate themselves to the purpose, to the cause. Because again, we, everybody's got to put food on their table at the end of the day. And if it's not doing what it's got to do, they'll find a different way to do what they need to do. My personal way that I found around that for me to be able to get what I, I value my time to be and assist people. I, I just have a fee that I charge my clients in order to help them find the rental. And at first, this fee appears to be a high cost in order to hire an agent. But what I really want people to understand about that is that when you hire an agent, an expert, a professional to help them find a rental property, yeah, you're paying them a lump sum that may seem hefty for what you're trying to do, but they will save you a lot of time, a lot of headache, and they will save you money just simply by the fact that if they know what they're doing, they won't waste your time having you apply in different places, continuously putting application fees in and there in different locations just until you finally get approved. An experienced agent would know how to qualify you without having to have you put the application fee, save you money in that sense, and a lot of headache too. So I recommend people finding an agent who's confident enough to have a price for his services. So that's, that's so, I mean, that's so I've, I've only been in like the multifamily realm here for about four months now. So like the fact of that competitiveness, like I, that's unheard of to me. Is that, is this technically like pretty new in the industry? Yeah, it's very new. Yeah. Agents don't really know that they can do that. They don't even have a lot of times the confidence in themselves to feel that they should charge a client for their time. To put things in perspective, an agent typically only gets two, $300 a commission on a rental. And that comes from the landlord. They don't charge the renter, their client, this fee. So the client tends to get the service for free. The service has just become so strenuous at this point. There has to be a fee. But a lot of agents just don't even know how to mention that to their clients or ask their clients to pay a fee for their services. And that, that comes from a lack of experience, which is a lack in confidence. And yeah, I would, I would definitely do my research to find a good agent. I think it's very important. I just, I never heard of that before. And I guess, I mean, we're in such unique times and I'm almost very thinking with, you know, affordable housing and stuff, like maybe the, the empathy of the agents or the leasing staff, like takes over and you just don't, you know, maybe it's a challenge for some of the site teams to, to feel that they have the place to ask for like a cost, yeah. like a charge. Yeah, it, it's a tough thing for an agent to do. It's so new. People don't expect it. How do you sell yourself in this way? So where do you find your role kind of falling more? So are you half and half maybe? Are you on the agent side? Or are you strictly at the, the leasing side of Sun Garden Living? So for the longest time, pretty much 80, 90% of my career, which I started in my early 20s. I'm 34 right now. I started right after I got out of the military. I got licensed and I got into the market in a very interesting time. Right after the crash, I got licensed back in 2010. Wow. So plenty of homes back then, because back then they they cost less than it cost than it, it does to build. People were snatching them up like candy. So 
The whole city was for sale and investors were buying it up. And that was my focus was helping investors make more money. And they made a lot of money until this day. I love hearing the stories of how wealthy they became because of the help I was able to provide them. So that was my focus for about 10 years. And then in the last couple of years, I've been a full-time property manager. For the most part, I manage scattered housing throughout the entire city, single family homes, management company that just had obtained clients from different sources, each client with their own investment properties. And we just handle that for them that way. Uh, right now, I'm in I'm managing a apartment complex community with 300 apartments. We've got 28 buildings on site over here. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's a low income property with uh, specific services that are unique here in Las Vegas. And my focus just shifted to full-time management. Yeah. I will. I do help clients on the side with whatever services they need. And those clients are just people that I've known pretty much all my life doing what I do. That's yes. how I get. Yeah, that's how they come to me. But I don't, I don't reach out to look out for other clients or anything like that. Yeah, from uh, you know the experience, this is the second show I've done managing a property is... I can imagine that being enough. Like that's fulfilling. Yes. That's, you know, enough work to be on your plate. Not, not probably even scratching the surface to half the stuff you want to do in a day. It's a very unique job. I had no idea it would be this way going into, into it. I say it's unique in very one particular matter. I don't know many other career fields that, that are built this way, structured like this. My, in my position, I find myself being responsible for the needs of our tenants, the needs of uh, my landlord, the needs of the vendors, and it pretty much having to put everybody else first, make sure everyone else is happy. And at the very bottom of the list is me as the property manager. That's the struggle that comes with is that the truth is, is I'm here for everybody else, but everybody else, they're not here for me. And it takes a lot of personal development and work on oneself to adjust to this lifestyle, accept it, and even be proud of it and what we do and be happy to wake up in the morning knowing that we're alive for a purpose and that purpose is for others and to feel good about that. And that's what I did to myself in my own head, developing my own character, doing what I do to feel not just content, but also very much fulfilled doing what I do. But that's those are the struggles that come with this position. And it's not easy. I really think of what I do is mostly a relationship manager rather than just a property manager. The whole money aspect of it is just another side thing that I do because really feel the focus is on managing these relationships that I have. And to go back to a previous point, I did want to say thank you for your service. That means a lot. Thank you. Doesn't end and and our gratitude and and to your last point, not that was going to say like cliche, but like we're here for you. We're here to support, you know, we're, we're rooting you on. You said nobody's got your back. Well, let's, Thank let's you. have that one. You know, you know. That's, that's kind of here. Thank you for saying that because yeah. sometimes we need to hear stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Trying to think of uh, any other questions. So I had mentioned at the beginning of, you know, our conversation that our goal is, I mean, we're talking to individuals like yourself. I mean, this is already, I can tell has been such a unique conversation between the two of us talking to, to folks all around the country, just trying to nailed down in a sense, you know, I work on the vendor side for, for multifamily. So I oftentimes feel so distant from, you know, the ones that I'm, I'm hired to help. 
And these conversations have been tremendous in teaching myself that just every conversation I have, like yours especially, is just opening my mind to the different aspects and and what all goes into being a property manager. And it's just, it's mind-blowing. And Do you find that some of these perspectives I shared were new? Have you heard anybody sharing anything of this nature? No, honestly, yeah, it's... So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working through kind of the subjects because like I said, we want to, at the end of this, create just kind of a, an enablement guide for okay. someone maybe new in the industry, maybe someone looking to refresh, but like something like how do you pin down in, in a few steps how to conquer like leasing season? Like is leasing season a big thing as well at, at Sun Garden? Like, is there a certain time frame that... Yeah, it's a huge thing. And, and, and going back to what you're, the point you're trying to make, how does you, the, the bullet points, the, how do you pin down really to be successful in this market? In a nutshell, I'm really going to emphasize once again, hire an experienced, confident agent. The fact that an agent has a price for his services is a good thing. It should speak volumes about how they see themselves and how they value what they do and what they can provide for you as a client. An agent that does not value themselves that way is an agent that I've learned they just they lack the experience to be able to take themselves to the next level. So I think that alone speaks volumes. I think that clients, applicants looking to rent something and need the help, and I'm sure they need the help. I think that is the best way to narrow it down and, and find the best agent for them. Would you even go, I know I'm understanding kind of from the, the resident aspect, hiring that agent to kind of find the different properties that, that suit your need. Would you even go as far as saying for a like property like Sun Gardens to hire an agent on hand at the property if you could? Or is that... Sun Gardens, everything's done on site. There's no, there's no condos or anything. So we only have one landlord that owns the entire property. We have leasing agents on site. They stay on site. They do only on site activities. We're, we're already set up for that in that way. We don't have any outside realtors or anything like that. Do you have a number, like how big of a team you currently have on site? Agents wise? Yeah, there's three of us. I'm awesome. me and two others. Would you consider that fully staffed for you or is there? Yeah. Still- it keeps us busy just enough to really make sure we got a full-time job going every day. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anything more than that, I think would be too much, but less than that, which won't be enough. Yeah. To be there for, for your residents, like you were saying, is there any last piece of advice for, like I said, that, that person coming new, I mean, maybe even a a flare into, like you said, affordable housing, any advice you want to have? Their advice. Yeah, I think it's very important to remind those that are looking to find something to rent right now. Don't get discouraged. It's really tough. And it's not just you guys. It's not just you're not the only one that's having a hard time finding something. Everyone is. Even I've even had to deny applications of people that have a well above 800 credit score with very strong income. And it made no sense to them how they even got denied. It's that difficult right now. Don't get discouraged. There's always a way. A creative agent will find a way for you and will make it happen. Stay hopeful and keep being motivated. It'll happen. I love that. We can kind of wrap up with a curveball here. I mean, I know this was just our, our first meeting, but uh, is there any questions that you could throw over my way? Anything you're, you're curious about or... How would you uh, compare the market in your area to Las Vegas from what you know about us over here and your experience over there? 
you know, I had mentioned earlier that we're in the process of welcoming a second child. So naturally our, our home that my wife and I bought initially by ourselves now having two kids into the mix, this, this house is getting kind of, kind of crammed. When did you buy your, your current home? 2016. Okay, good. Okay. You did well. But so trying to just burst out the scenes, but there's going to be a little, I mean, you had mentioned it too, with, it makes more, more almost financial sense to build a new than buy something that already exists. So that's, if you have the means. Yeah. That's, that's what we're stuff. Cause when I say, if you have the means, I think one of the things you have, means you need to have more than anything is time for something. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's actually putting us into a multifamily community, which is unique now that I kind of work on the tech and vendor side, kind of, kind of be an espionage a little bit and search and seeing it. So we, we toured a community yesterday and I know there's, there's a hiring kind of challenge right now. And I know there's like, just like a staff, you know, challenge. I saw it firsthand at this community. Like I don't, I'm not bad mouthing the, the leasing agent. He was so informative. He was, I mean, you have to be, you guys have to be so confident. And so and it feels good, right? To be on your end and receive this information, knowing you're getting it from a, a what feels like a reliable source. Yeah. It's someone you yeah. met 20 minutes ago and it feels like a friend. I say the same thing about yeah. you. That's how imperative it is to know what we're talking about in this industry because it gives confidence to our clients and they need that. After all, if it's a purchase, it's the biggest purchase of their lives. It's a huge deal. They need us to hold their hand, walk them through the process, make them feel safe. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. And I'm a pretty, you know, observant individual. And I was just kind of like, not really paying mind, but but this agent, he just knew everything. Like he called things out. He's like the landscaping here. We're getting that done once the you know weather breaks. It doesn't normally look like this. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't even pay mind to that. Like he's calling out things yeah. that like, well, now that you say something, I'm glad you did. I've noticed that there's just a lot of heart in this industry and nobody's trying to get anything by anyone. We're, we're kind of all in this together to make it better for the residents. And, and that's what I took from our conversation. Right. I, I'm also under the same influence where it, to me, it appears that most of us in this industry really have learned to shift our focus onto providing certain quality service and not making it about ourselves, really making it about our clients. And I really love where things are going with everybody in the industry and the industry itself. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Well, I think you play a, a big role in that because you had mentioned yourself in Vegas, just you had mentioned that comment that at the end of the day, like you're there for everyone, but no one's there for you. But like you, you leave every day, hang your head up high, knowing that you did a service that is like beyond needed from where you are. You're, you're pretty good every day. Yeah. That's it. And I think that's really the secret to having a happy life is just leaving that legacy behind, knowing that you left your mark on other people's lives. And I've learned that as long as I'm focused on that, I'm happy with who I am and how I live my life. And real estate is a great place to do that, I feel. You had mentioned, and, and you laughed, but with the tasks every day, how do you, you know, I think a big topic that some of our leasing friends are looking for with, we're seeing overburdened staff teams, like, how do you personally split or like, how do you tell yourself, like, this is where I want to end for the day? Do you, do you have a system in play? Because I, I know a lot of people that are struggling to say good night yeah. for the evening. Yeah, you know, that's going to be a tough one for me to answer because the fact of the matter is, is that I've been in my new position here for going on almost six months now. Oh, wow. And I found that for the first three, four months being here, I was doing 
14 hour shifts every day, taking work home with me because really I, I couldn't find myself able to do what you're saying, which is just yeah. put everything in the rest, call it a night. Part of being in where we're at in our position doing what we do, there are so many people that rely on us to do what we need to do that honestly, I just couldn't go to sleep knowing that there was so much to get done. I felt so much better just putting in the hours and making sure everything stays consistent up to par with it all. After all, I take what I do very seriously because if we're talking about people's livelihood here. It's not a joke. And we need to treat it that way. The way I see it, if, is if, you, if you need to work an extra couple hours at the end of your shift, then you just do what you need to do. And this industry, I don't think there's any way around that. I, it's just very difficult to build everything in a way that, yeah, you can start at nine and leave your job at five and put it behind you. The only thing I can think of is just hiring more human power, more more people. And that's in itself a challenge, like you were mentioning. So no, you got to work hard doing this. It's, it's a must. Yeah. It's lives. I mean, that, that doesn't end just cause you yeah. leave. And that's, that's the trend that I'm, I'm starting to see that, you know, how do you, how do you cap that? Because your residents still have to live where you're leaving every day. And I think you answered that brilliantly. I think just do, do what needs to be done. And, and at that time, you'll know what needs to be done. Why? And that's why it's just so critical to have a manager who is there for the people for the purpose that he's there for and nothing else. We're calling this the fastest growing industry podcast. It is getting a lot of bites. I'll, I'll, I'm an analytic nut. This is only my second episode. So I really now want to know, you know, what our traction is. Obviously we're, we're putting more investment into this because, you know, it, it's yeah. been a good resource and, and we feel like we're actually helping professionals across the the industry, but Folks that listen to it, our listeners are gonna are gonna most likely have questions for you. So, what would be the best way for uh, our listeners to get in touch with you? Interesting. Yeah, I'd be happy to receive anyone's emails with any questions they have. Uh, my email address it's Daron, my first name. That's spelled D O R O N. Sells Vegas at gmail.com. Daron sells Vegas. That's S E L L S, not S A L E S. So. Derone, S-E-L-L-S, Vegas at gmail.com. You heard it, guys. We'll, we'll include a link to the email address in the description below. But Derone, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me, really. Absolutely. Take care. Take care.